Hi, today is February 2nd, 2024, and my name is Juni, and welcome to the Theta Game Podcast. I'm not a financial advisor, and nothing I say is financial advice. I'm literally just a normal retail trader, just like you. I'm not certified or a graduate of finance, just a trader that started on Wall Street Bets years ago. I've lost a lot of money and made all of it back and more after finding a system that worked for me. I share my trades, system, and experiences all for free. You can view all my trades for free at datagain.com slash juni, no sign up required, and email me any questions that I'll answer on the podcast at juni at datagain.com. Lastly, I stream on Twitch every weekday at least an hour at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Come hang out, ask me questions, vent, or just chill. It's a positive environment and everyone is welcome at twitch.tv slash real Thank you and I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right. Uh, news from this week included a FOMC meeting, a meeting where government officials get together to discuss and announce interest rate changes uh, happened. And this week was declared a no change. Uh, there's going to be no increase or decrease of rates. Right now, the market's sort of hoping that we'll get a cut of rates soon, uh, especially with seeing unemployment numbers rise and inflation cooling off. However, the last CPI report showed that inflation ticked up just a very small amount. However, it didn't continue the trend down. So FOMC committee uh, do want to um, pause the thought of cutting rates. So we're going to see no cut in March, which the market was hoping for. There was some volatility on the Wednesday that this was announced. Um, but nothing to really write home about. Uh, the market, the next uh, following Thursday and today on Friday, the day of this recording, the market was up a considerable amount, and you should see that reflected as we get into the earnings section later in this podcast. Uh, say, for example, Amazon did really well, they reported well, and Meta reported especially well, announcing their $50 billion buyback and new dividend. So that's pretty crazy and also semis were very strong into the bell the closing bell uh this last friday um or rather the friday that i'm recording this right now to close off this section uh i was asked earlier this week on what my thoughts on inflation and interest rates were and i thought i'd share my thoughts here on the podcast too um i'm in the boat of thinking that rates should stay where they're at right now especially um, considering that inflation did tick up just a little bit last month. Of course, inflation and all these numbers like unemployment, they do lag because it takes some time to calculate the numbers, announce the numbers, and all that stuff. Uh, but 
pri- my primary reason for not wanting cuts as soon as they can happen is that I'd rather have inflation be steadily on the way down so that the money that I've worked really hard for means something later. If it means that you know the money that I've made in the past will mean more in the future, I'm willing to take the sort of uh, road that doesn't give me the most amount of gains right away, but rather just preserve gains for the future. And my style of trading really benefits from that the most, so I definitely have some personal bias there. I don't buy long naked calls. I don't really do anything bullish like that, though my trading strategy really performs well when the market stays sideways goes a little bit down or goes a little bit up you know i like the churn going up and down so you can see where this some of this personal bias comes from but at the end of the day if it means my money meaning something or rather meaning more in the future then i don't mind keeping the rates where they're at right now if they want to see more data but that's again just my personal opinion i guess one more thing um you know I, I do want to reemphasize, uh, you know, my intro. I say all the time that I'm just like a normal retail trader just like you. I'm just a regular person. I don't know anything about economics, at least more than anything that I've read off the Internet. You know, I don't have a formal education on that. I'm just really just letting you know how I think and, you know, a little bit how um, what my mindset's like when I'm trading or what my, like, long-term future goals might be so there's could be a subcategory of people that are listening to this and saying oh you know but if you don't cut rates then x y and z will happen and that's maybe because you're more knowledgeable than me on this subject but i think some people there's another subcategory of people that do enjoy just hearing what my thoughts are on the topic and my stance is hey you know we'll just wait to cut till a little bit later that seems fine with me This week was a jam-packed week with a lot of good earnings. Uh, I took a, quite a few notes, so this section of the podcast is going to be, I think, considerably longer than a few other uh, episodes that I've recently recorded, so let's just get into it. First off, we have a stock named SoFi. It's a popular stock on Wall Street Bets because it's pretty cheap. It's definitely volatile in a well-traded stock. Uh, the San Francisco-based company provides college student loans as well as home loans and personal loans and also holds a banking license. It was up 20% after earnings after posting its first positive quarter, aka their very first positive EPS or earnings per share number. Uh, and this 20% pop was backed by an increase of 31% for personal loans and 95% growth year over year for student loans and 193% for home loans. Lots of growth for SoFi and the stock is now trading at $9.19 at the time of the note. This was written on Monday. And uh, something to be said is that debt is at an all-time high, consumer debt, and this is a definitely a good indicator of that factoid. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if SoFi sort of corrects from here or if it continues going up. SoFi, I've never personally traded it. I don't think the volatility is worth trading the stock, but it's definitely popular on Wall Street bets. You'll see it pretty often if you go there. Next up, uh, I'm calling SMCI the absolute sleeper stock of the year. I don't think any stock will ever beat this for the remainder of 2024. SMCI is considered a semiconductor-ish company. They like manufacture servers, uh, and they put together computers slash servers, again, um, 
that use really high-end GPUs, or they might make these like turnkey solutions for companies to pick up, and they don't have any of the other consumer-like baggage that Dell or any of these other server rack companies might provide. So we can think of SMCI as like a, hey, buy this thing that we make for you, and uh, you can use this for AI. And because we make it the best, and this is our only thing that we do, and so we do it the best. And you can think of SMCI maybe like that. They had a monster beat leading to a raise in price after hours of about 10% uh, because of a huge earnings per share revenue beat and guidance also going way up for the rest of the fiscal year. What makes this even more crazier is that the stock has already gone up so much, uh, similar to NVIDIA. In two weeks, SMCI went from $311 to $475, and then after earnings, it jumped again to $547. And as I'm recording this right now, um, just because I have my Robinhood open, SMCI is now at $576, from $311 not too long ago. Um, and so I think it's going to be, again, titled the sleeper stock of the year, but I'm open to surprises. UPS is up next. Uh, they beat on earnings per share, but missed on revenue. Um, they announced 12,000 layoffs, which is not a great thing, um, especially for those that are impacted. Um, and they're also asking workers to return to the office five days a week in 2024. UPS reported lower revenue profit and profit margins all three divisions of its business ups also gave very poor forward guidance for 2024 leading the stock to go down eight percent after the bell we had good old amd also reporting they met earnings per share expectations and beat revenue expectations however the stock traded down 6.8 percent after the bell after going down 3.2 percent for the day totaling to a minus 10 percent day of the earnings AMD is priced for perfection and then some. Investors look like they're taking profits on the gains of AMD without wanting the risk of losing profits on the table to the expectations only being met instead of exceeded. So those were the notes for AMD that I had written earlier this week. And following that 10% drop, uh, we've just gone back up 10% since then. So AMD is at the level it was prior to earnings, essentially. And uh, it's a fresh new week starting this Monday. I mean, as when you're listening to this, it should be the Monday. Uh, curious to see where AMD opens because now with AMD back to pre-earnings level where at earnings it went down 10%. Coming back from a 10% loss is kind of huge because, again, you need to gain a little bit more than 10% to get back to this price. So we'll see. Momentum for AMD is strong. Again, it's one of my favorite stocks to trade, so... I'm happy with this churn. I love the trading these levels when it's going up and down, up and down on a stock that I love. It's great. And if you want to see me trade live, if you want to see me open up cash secure puts on AMD or put credit spreads or anything that I talk about on this podcast, I do it for free and I do it live and I show it all at twitch.tv slash real Microsoft is up next. They beat on earnings per share and revenue expectations. Good amount of growth in its intelligent cloud segment of about 20%. And that's huge. Uh, Intelligent Cloud consists of Azure infrastructure, SQL servers, Windows servers, GitHub, and a few other products that we love and use every day as developers. Microsoft also beat on its productivity sector, which is in charge of Microsoft Office-related software, and LinkedIn by 13%, and beating analysts' expectations there. 
Microsoft is also laying off around 700 jobs at LinkedIn after announcing 10,000 layoffs company-wide earlier this year and continuing to lay off around 1,900 employees from its gaming unit following the Activision acquisition. Microsoft, despite the good report, was down 2% after the bell. I mean, besides layoffs, and from a stock perspective, layoffs might not be considered a bad thing, uh, I couldn't find anything negative about Microsoft's earning report. So Microsoft going down 2% just continues to prove that earnings are in fact dangerous because this play, or rather this minus 2% move, uh, well below the expected move, um, is really just killing both sides, long calls and long puts. So the more you stay out of earnings, I think the more successful you can be. If you play earnings consistently and they tend to lose most of the time, it's going to be really, really hard to have this be part of a winning strategy. So just keep that in mind as you reflect on how SPY might be doing this year compared to how you're doing this year, and just uh, let that sort of soak in. Google is up next. Uh, They beat on earnings per share, revenue, and cloud growth expectations. However, YouTube ad revenue barely didn't meet expectations, which seems to be the main reason why the stock is trading down 5.6% after the bell. And despite a pretty strong close into the week on Thursday and Friday, uh, Google didn't really rebound. So Google is still down about 5.6% at the time of this recording, uh, and we'll see how it bounces on Monday. Next up, there is Starbucks. Uh, they missed out on earnings per share and revenue. They missed on both. I think I could have seen this uh, coming at least uh, because my fiance had let me know that Starbucks had been doing a BOGO deal for quite some time now on her favorite drinks. And I had just thought that there's no way that Starbucks is doing this because they're doing so well. I don't see this as winning more a winning more strategy. I see this as like trying to make up for some lost volume. And crazy that I learned about a boycott from an earnings report. So Starbucks, uh, their management had talked about it, I guess, on the uh, earnings call and talked about its impact on revenue and profit. And so as I was sitting there, you know, my fiance talking about this BOGO on Starbucks, holy moly, it was because they needed to make up for some lost volume because of the boycott. And I guess it's big enough of a boycott where management talked about it at earnings. It was just a, it was just a huge thing. I, it was like a brain blast sort of uh, a brain blast for me, and I thought that was crazy. The boycott is has to do with some of which the uh, the Gaza conflict overseas, and um, it's just you, you could read that on your own. I, I'd rather not sort of bring that up on the on the podcast. Um, but yeah, this is also not a ad for Starbucks regarding me talking about the BOGO for my fiance's favorite drinks. If this was an ad for Starbucks, you know your boy made it, but Starbucks is not sponsoring this episode, and this is not an ad. But they are doing a BOGO, so if you do want to buy some Starbucks, there you go. It might be a good time to do so because you're basically getting half off, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I feel weird promoting Starbucks, but um, there you go. Next up, there is MasterCard. Uh, They beat on earnings per share and revenue, but ultimately traded flat revenue and Volume being up means the consumer can still be considered stable slash strong. Yeah, it's very in line with what Visa also reported. You know, Visa going up meant that MasterCard had already gone up just a bit. So MasterCard trading flat makes a lot of sense to me here. 
Next up, there's Qualcomm, specializing in chips for smartphones. Again, Qualcomm is that really expensive semiconductor stock. I'll just take a quick price check right now. Can I get a price check on aisle five? Let's see, Qualcomm. Qualcomm trades at $141. Oh, no, I'm talking about Broadcom. So Broadcom is a super expensive one. Let me see, Broad, Broadcom, Avgo. Broadcom is the expensive one. Broadcom is $1,200 a share. Qualcomm is $141 a share. So, oh, I almost uh, confused myself. Qualcomm, specializing in chips for smartphones, ultimately traded flat after reporting a beat on earnings per share and revenue. A 16% increase in revenue year over year suggests that the smartphone market is finally rebounding after its two-year decline. So this is... Uh, a bit of a positive report it means that you know smartphone demand might be going up or maybe the inventory is finally has been churned through uh for you know older chips for smartphones possibly uh but we're going to see that there is some weakness for smartphones uh from apple in just a bit up next we have peloton uh an exercise bike and fitness class company the company traded down 22 percent again down 22% after giving a very bad future guidance. Uh, they had bigger than expected losses and but beat on revenue expectations. I did not see that one coming. However, the lackluster future guidance was to blame for the very large minus 22% trading session after Peloton reported earnings. It seems like such an easy play to buy puts on Peloton, but from my perspective, I mean... All it takes is one acquisition and it will blow up your puts that you went all in with. So just be very careful. If you're thinking like right now is the time to buy puts on this company because it's about to go out of business, yes, bankruptcy can happen. Maybe most likely will happen. But you're really playing with fire thinking that it's only going to go down because all it takes is like one buyout rumor and the stock jumps, you know, so or one merger rumor and the stock jumps. So just be very careful. Okay, and finally we have uh, Apple. They beat on earnings per share and revenue, but ultimately traded down 4% after the bell after it reported a 13% decline in sales in China. Wearables, iPad sales, and Apple services did not meet expectations. Tim Cook noted that this was a report on 13 weeks of business sales rather than 14, and the dollar is very strong in China, and the accounting for this exchange rate, the 13% decline turns into a mid-single-digit number. I don't know if that's copium from Tim Apple, but I guess there's some of that. Uh, Apple back in the day used to be a riskier savings account. You know, it, when you were told you didn't know what to buy, you didn't want to invest in SPY, you didn't want to invest in QQQ maybe, then maybe Apple was like the play to do. But the recent sort of trade action from Apple suggests that, you know, maybe that's not totally true. Maybe a regular high yield savings account is better than Apple right now. Uh, that's up to you to decide. I strongly suggest trading Apple only if you very much love Apple products and you continue to want to buy Apple products. Otherwise, it's going to take a lot of your own sort of uh, backing or merit to buy what you like, especially if it's Apple. Next up, we have Amazon. Amazon surprised me. I had totally thought Amazon was not going to do so well, but Amazon did really well. They beat on earnings per share and revenue expectations. Advertising division beat expectations, and AWS, their cloud services, meet expectations. AWS grew a bit faster than last quarter. Uh, revenue grew just a bit more too, but it's considered a slowdown compared to last year during the same time period. The stock was up about 7% after the bell. 
Lastly, we have the home run of home runs for tech earnings, and that's Meta. Meta, formerly known as Facebook, beat on earnings per share and revenue expectations. And holy cow, they announced a 50% dividend, um, which is not a whole lot of money. It's actually a super small dividend yield. Like, it's nothing to write home about. It's nothing to invest in strictly for the dividend. Um, But it's huge that they're just doing it in the first place. Meta, again, is a growth tech stock. And uh, it's very rare you see a dividend being paid from one of these growth tech stocks. Um, Meta, Meta also announced that they have an official headcount of about 67,000 people, which represents about a 22% year-over-year decrease in staff following the layoffs that they did last year in Zuckerberg's year of efficiency. Zuckerberg stated that Meta is building and leaning more into AI to handle bigger workloads, but that is uh, that the effort will be done without hiring many more people. The stock is trading up 15% after the bell, and it continued up just a little bit more on the Friday. Uh, let me just bring that up. What's the final price on Meta? I'm curious. Meta is trading at $473 when it was just trading at $397 pre-earnings. That is crazy. I have a email that I want to share with you all here today. Uh, it's written by someone uh, that's written as Cube, and they've written uh, me and said, Hey, Junie, I used to be a part of Theta Gang and a listener in 2020, but when I started college, I had to use my savings to get through it, so I gradually stopped trading. Now that I have a career and less concerned of making quick money, I'm interested in getting into longer and safer trades. I was wondering what you consider when you're getting into trades. How many days to expiration? What percentage of credit to max loss? Do you cut trades early if you're up or let them go to expiration if safe? I am currently listening from the newest episode of the podcast and back. So if these have already been recovered recently, I apologize. Cube then lists his old 2020 account and then his new account. Uh, and then mentions that uh, all of his old trades of Theta Gangs were also logged, but they were mostly risky 0 to 1 DTE trades and was just getting lucky. Then mentions, thank you, comma, cube. So for those that do listen to the podcast regularly, you know that I've already sort of actually answered these questions just in a few episodes ago, maybe in a certain order. Uh, my favorite date to expiration is 21 days. Tastyworks likes uh, 45 days. 45 days is just a little bit too long for me for me to feel the theta decay, so I like 21. Uh, these days I've been writing uh, at about 14 days uh, and then sometimes 7. Um, right now with the market running really hot, I don't mind getting my stuff assigned and called away right away or you know, rather like 7 days or 14 days. I think 45 days or locking yourself into a contract for 45 days right now is just a really, really long time and I don't think uh, it's flexible enough for me, but maybe for someone else, if you're just starting out, 45 days is still pretty good. It gives you a lot of buffer to be wrong, but it's just really incredibly boring to me. But 21 days is a really good sweet spot. As for the max loss versus the percentage credit that I like to receive, I guess if we boil it down, I like to receive 25% of the max loss, aka just to put it in hard dollar numbers, I like receiving $100 for every $400 max loss uh, on like a $5 width spread. Uh, I'm currently doing this live, again, tw- at twitch.tv slash realthetagang. 
Um, just to give a few more stats, because I have them. Uh, I started with a 5K challenge account um, in November of last year, November 2nd. And today, it's at $6,270.05. So that's a 25% increase since I've started this about three months ago. And uh, really proud of where it's at right now. It's taking me quite a bit of trading to get me here. But that's why I like. I like showing that it's not luck. It's just slowly grinding away, doing a particular strategy. And so if you want to see this live, again, that's twitch.tv slash realthetagang. I don't make you pay. I don't hide my screen. I just show it all there. And the best part, I'm trading on Robinhood. I'm trying to prove that you don't need expensive tools or crazy analytics to make good trades. You just need strong fundamentals. And to answer the last question of if I take early profits or let it go to expiration, I do take early profits. I take profits at 50% of the premium that I received, which means I pay 50% of the premium I received back to close the trade if I'm doing a put credit spread uh, for my smaller account. Um, and for cash secured puts, yeah, I'm looking for 50% as well. Nothing's really different there. And cover calls, I'll typically roll them down or close and open another one at 50% as well. 50% is just a really good number to sort of abide by uh, when you're first starting if you don't know what to do. Um, some people get a little bit emotional, you know, a little bit too bullish, a little bit too bearish at times. And so if you're not sticking to a regular profit trigger percentage like 50%, you're going to feel a little bit lost if the market gets a little whippy. So you want to make sure you stick to some percentage um, or some system that works for you. It doesn't have to be 50%. It doesn't have to be mine or some industry standard. It can even be your very own. But if you're changing it from day to day based on how you feel, you're really opening yourself up to get some pretty big losses or missing out on some really good profits. And just to top this off, you asked if I'd ever let them go to expiration. So it depends on sort of what kind of trade I'm doing. If I'm doing a cash secure put or cover call, yeah, I'll let a... Uh, cover call or cash secure put I'm about to get assigned on go to expiration because that's what when I'll get assigned uh, but when it comes to put credit spreads and call credit spreads or anything with a defined max loss that doesn't involve assignment or an infinite max loss uh, I will absolutely close it before the bell uh, because I don't want to deal with any sort of weird assignment stuff uh, after the hours when I can't do anything so if you're trading put credit spreads or call credit spreads short on condors I highly suggest on the last day just closing it instead of letting it expire. Um, but that's just me. I'm sure that there's other people that might recommend otherwise, but that's what I do, and I feel like I've had pretty good performance so far on the 5K Challenge account that's now at 6 6.2, 6.2, $6,282.05. So, again, if you have a similar trading style and you want a community to hang out with, I'm on Twitch. And uh, yeah, that wraps up answering the questions from Mr. Cube. The questions really, you know, I was thinking about, you know, just replying in email. And I thought, uh, you know, maybe I won't mention on the podcast, but it's a good summary of just, you know, what I've been up to for the 5K account because now it's at 6.28K. And um, some people in the chat have been joking around about how I should call it the 6K account now because I always call the 5K challenge account 5K account. Uh, and people, you know, have been asking like, oh, this is your train was 6K. And then I have to show them, oh, this started at 5K. And it's been like a whole thing. So really happy again with my performance this year. And then since uh, Cube 
had mentioned he was a Theta Gang listener back in 2020. I was like, oh man, it's awesome that I'm getting some of the old people that uh, listened to me back then uh, stop by and still think of me as they make their uh, return back. I think it's even more awesome uh, that you know Cube is able to recognize that you know when you don't have a lot of money, you're more enticed to do some like very quick money, risky esque. Uh, trades, but now that they are starting to work and make some more consistent money, and they have a career. By the way, good job on getting a career in this economy, in this job economy, um, and getting that uh, moolah because that's a success on its own. And you want to protect that success and the money that you save from your good trading habits and all that good stuff. So, good job, Mr. Cube. I'm glad that you wrote in, and here is a, a pseudo dedicated episode to you. And one more step before we get into the outro, I want to just talk about what sort of happened in my uh, 5K trading account and my main account. You know, giving you guys like a little bit progress uh, report on just how things are going. Um, my 5K challenge account, like I've mentioned a few times on this on the podcast already, is at cents. So that's about a 25.64% gain since November of last year since I recorded it. Um, the My biggest loss that I've taken on the account also happened this week. So I closed my short iron condor on Costco for a loss. Um, I had opened two hedges while I was losing on the short iron condor that both um, did well, but not well enough to cover the Costco loss. Um, but I am very, very happy that I got out because I'm essentially saved about a hundred dollars more of max loss. And something that I've reflected on a little bit uh, is that I'm really proud of how I did some of my risk assessment. Of course, I had the Twitch chat also helping me. So shout out to those that tuned into the Twitch streams and saw me tank on sort of Costco and making that decision. Um, and I had always just thought, okay, you know, what happens if Costco does go up one more percent because my short on Condor, the upper wing, was being impacted, and Costco just went on a rip. It just kept on going up, up, and up, and it's either like cut off losses or open up hedges, stay in the position, uh, maybe FOMC will affect it, all, all this all this reasoning in the world, and um, I'm happy that I made decisions along the way. I made two big pit stops. Um, one, right when earnings season started, there was a good amount of spike volatility where maybe the market looked like it could be heading back down. And then number two, the second big event was FOMC, both of which on those specific days, I did some cost analysis of if Costco goes up one more percent, how much more money do I lose on this iron condor and it was like a decision of okay you will lose fifty dollars more heading closer to your max loss or you could hold on for like three more days and potentially have it be right where it's at uh, which just benefits me because it's more time that has passed for me to be correct uh, and so there's a lot of push and pull of like staying in and then you know of course i did end up hedging twice with two put credit spreads which helped me a bunch to lower the cost but um, Costco, that one position, that one short on Condor cost me $240 loss, which is a pretty sizable loss. That's about like 
you know, five good trades uh, in a row that I'll have to sort of win in order to make up for that one loss. But my performance from November has been so strong that I even hit all-time high today with that $240 loss. So just being very grateful. Um, and I'm, I'm not trying to speak from a place of like, hey, yo, I'm so sick. I'm really just trying to motivate people to go and watch me live on Twitch because the last thing I want to do is talk about my gains but not show my winners and losers. So I'm talking about my losing short on contract today, which is the largest loss I've ever recorded on the 5K Challenge account so far. You know, fingers crossed, you know, it doesn't get much bigger than this. Uh, but you, again, you could come back uh, or rather go to twitch.tv slash real theta gang. There, I also trade my main account, which I'll talk about now. Um, and in the main account, holy moly, I opened up a buy right or, a, you know, purchasing 100 shares and doing a cover call on SMCI. Decided to get on the train with my friends, Banadushi and Major, um, because they've been killing it on SMCI. And I wanted a little piece of the action, and I got it. So I'm up about $1,400 on the SMCI position, but that's not even the one that I'm excited about. I'm more excited about, you know, early in this year, I talked about getting more into Becky-style stocks and cybersecurity, and I could not be happier with the performance of cybersecurity right now. Pan, Pan or Palo Alto Networks is doing really awesome. CrowdStrike is doing really awesome. Um, my AMD, NVIDIA, and Costco positions have been doing so, so good. Um, so, but it's not just picking stocks. And this was also talked about in the Twitch stream today. We had an awesome stream today. I'll kind of summarize that at the, at the end of this bit. Uh, but picking stocks is one thing. Like, you got to make sure that you also go in with the right reasons. Um, you know, there were many scary times uh, where NVIDIA looked like it was headed back down. Same with AMD, you know, or rather, uh, if a trade or a stock is only going up, uh, it's hard to continue trading while it goes up. So you need just like one more layer of conviction or something to help you in justifying how to trade something as it goes up. And for me, that layer is knowing that hey, if I sell a covered call at the money, I'm guaranteed this premium if it goes up. Otherwise, if it goes down, I get paid fat for picking up some shares at a lower cost basis. Same thing for cash secured puts as well. But seeing that the market was choppy like a few weeks before, buy rights, I think, were the king. But now, I think the king is really um, cash secured puts if we continue this sort of trajectory. Cash secured puts, I think, become more favorable in events or markets that seem to be going more up than normal. But when it becomes really choppy because we're at all-time highs, uh, cover calls or buy rights make the most sense to me. Um, I could hear maybe like an intermediate or advanced options trader listening to this episode for the first time saying, well, if you're always selling cover calls at the money, you're only ever going to make this amount and it's not going to be enough to blah, 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 blah. Hey, I show all my trades, I show my winners and my losers, and I'm beating the market right now on my main account and my 5K account. So I need you to go to twitch.tv slash gang and tell me that in the chat um, after looking at my results because this is working, and I'm just letting you guys know what is working and really what's not. So far this year, what's not been working for me is buying long puts like history shows, I'm just really bad at those. And you can see my long put losses at datagang.com slash Junie. I am so certain 
I am one of the, or if not the most transparent trader there is on the internet. And that's what I'm starting to really lean into because it's what separates me from the rest of the pack. I am going to stay like this forever. I mean, I don't see why I would ever stop uh, like sharing about my portfolio and stuff because I mean, as long as the stock market's open, I'm pretty sure I'll be trading it well into, I guess, my 60s. <laughs> and to close off, uh, the Patreon has been very impacted <laughs> as well. I just like using that word because I see it so many times in news articles and stuff. Um, people have been signing up on Patreon like there's no more seats ever going to be open. Like I will open up a seat on Patreon at night, like right before I go to bed and I'll look, wake up in the morning and the spot has been filled and someone bought the seat at like 3 a.m. my time. And, um, you know, if they're on the West Coast, bruh, I don't know what you're doing up or not asleep at 3 a.m. But if you're on the East Coast, you're probably figuring out or checking on the Patreon seats as the market opens but thank you like really really thank you to everyone that's been signing up uh seats have been opening but been getting filled right away so if you are hearing this over and over again on the podcast and just saying like junie you've never actually opened a seat people are joining really quickly when i do open the seat um so i'm just very grateful for those that choose to support me however and whenever they can and uh, especially those two that show up to the Twitch stream that don't even sub, that don't even do anything. You you just sit there and you just watch me trade, make me your second monitor content. That's all good for me. Um, I feel very blessed. Um, I'm pretty close to beating um, my sort of expected goal for like the first half of the year already uh, for Patreon. Uh, I'm not that too far away. Don't want to jinx anything. Um, but it's really starting to ramp up. I think uh, the stream is really catching on with traction. Uh, we just had the record amount of peak viewers for the Monday through Friday stream. We peaked at 42 today, so that was great. Um, and it doesn't feel like too long ago when like crossing to a double-digit number from just 10 viewers was like a big deal for me. When I went, saw that two-digit number pop up, I was like, oh, man, that's crazy. Uh, but now we're getting um, near 40 average during the stream, and that's kind of cool, especially because today on Friday, Fridays are slower days because people don't, um, I don't know, people like to just chill or enjoy their Friday. They don't want to tune into the Twitch stream. But today was the record-breaking stream, and so I thought that was really cool. People have also been subbing and gifting subs. I want to say shout-out to uh, Major. Thank you so much for gifting a whole bunch of subs earlier, I think, last week uh gifted five subs and maltman also gifted five subs just today so thank you thank you and thank you for everyone that's gifted me just single subs or gifted a single sub here and there uh mr integrity i know you've done a few too so it just means a lot and these three people that i just mentioned already pay for patreon too you know like these are people that already support me financially through other means but continue to do so more on twitch and it, it i i see it and i appreciate it because that means a lot. You're already supporting my Patreon, but you go in another time on Twitch, and I, I'm i not taking it for granted. Just being grateful, I'm saying thank you, and it means a lot to me. That being said, I'm going to kick off and go into the outro. Um, so the main account, all-time high. 5K account is now at 6.28K, all-time high. Uh, Twitch account, all-time high. And uh, man, it sounds really shilly here, but... 
my podcast audience, if you're listening to this right now, there are not a whole bunch of podcast listeners. Our, this community is my, I think, I believe, the smallest community that I have. Twitch right now gets more max uh, sort of view screen time interaction per week than podcast. So if you're listening to this, thank you. Um, you know, I'm not doing this f- because uh, it makes me a whole bunch of money. In fact, the podcast is the uh, sort of only part of the business that I think nets me a negative just because of the hosting costs and how I don't make any money from recording my voice on the internet. Uh, but I continue to do it because, you know, I do feel like there are certain people that have made this a ritual or a part of their day. So uh, I'm going to try to do it for as long as possible. So again, thank you so much for listening. The community here is small, but I think it's very strong. The people that have written in the past have done like voice intros for me in the past um, that continue to write in. But also, you know, there are people that show up on the stream and on the website that do mention the podcast. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. And let's get to the outro. Okie dokie, uh, this podcast, the web stream, and uh, what the heck did I say? The podcast and the web stream, <laughs> the website and stream are all made possible because of my patrons at patreon.com slash thetagang. Signing up helps keep the services up and alive as well as pay my own personal bills. I do the podcast, website, and stream full time and is my primary source of income. I feel grateful to be able to do this full-time, and I focus on providing the best service possible for free. The podcast, website, and stream are all for free, and it'll stay that way. Signing up for Patreon gives you a few perks, so check it out again at patreon.com slash if you're interested in helping support. Uh, let me pull up my patron list here. I never have this uh, ready to go. I just, you know, my computer falls asleep after I finish coding, and I just... Let me let me get in this. Let me get in the mainframe real quick. Um, going into here and users filter here. I'm in the mainframe. Uh, let's see. Okay, we're gonna go in whatever order this is. What order is this in? I don't think this is in an order. Okay, so we're gonna go fancy wolf, flows pepes, mods, north brizzle. Uh, upstream Puddle, Ensys88, Espresso Bean, uh, EDC, Travella, Kevlar22, Nala, J Perkins86, Lewis BG, Alexander Kerm, Slow Motion, Rustier, The Jester, Grandpa95, Young Rich, Chicken Dinner, Kaput, K21 Butler, Sumatrix, KJ Martin, Statistically Random, Turbo Ricky, uh, Maestro XC, Banadushi, um, Dolores Garator, Major, Tekel Me Elmo, Avrilian, uh, Rish Midi, I guess that's how I pronounce it. Uh, Y-Team, The Noob 9000, McFly, Husk P, Mr. Integrity, Rooster, King Swift 6, Bearded Savage, Dang High, Caveman, Andy V, Arfman, The uh, Memehmed, Vegeta Plank, Can't Make My Money IRL, and Maltman 1856. Yeah, those are the names of the people that allow me to do this full time. You know, I've, as we get into sort of the 1% section, I've seen a few clips on the internet talking about how people seem to think when you work for yourself that you are your own boss. Uh, I don't know how true that is because right now I do feel like I am working for my patrons here because they support me and believe in me enough to give me my essentially my paycheck. And so I feel like I have the obligation 
to perform the best that I can and make them proud and then do, you know, the podcast, the stream and the website. And, you know, it's an honor. You know, having people believe in you enough to give you money for something is huge. I hope, honestly, uh, you know, one day for those that are listening, especially like this far, that you get an opportunity to build something and have someone pay for it. It's such a fulfilling feeling. Uh, and then continue to iterate on it, continue to make it better alongside the people that pay you because, you know, they write in bug reports and they, you know, they might request a few features and they do all that fun stuff with you. And it's so nice. Like I wake up and I'm having the time of my life and, um, you know, all of a sudden uh, it's the weekend and I'm like bored. <laughs> so the week weekdays have definitely been like the highlight of my weeks um strictly because there's just this mental shift of enjoying my work day and I enjoy it so much that you know I'm actually so excited every Monday uh to say good morning in the morning for the Twitch stream and it's it's changed my life low key or rather like high key. I feel like there's such a big difference in my mood um and I'm very thankful for this happening. Um, so thank you for those that are all supporting me on Patreon, even though at the time of this recording, you might look at Patreon and there's not a seat open, just go back to it every now and then. And maybe you'll see one randomly open. I, the, I open it just very randomly and I open only one seat at a time, uh, just because I don't want the discord to grow too fast. I let sort of like the newer group of people come in, get assimilated and, um, try to go from there slowly. I don't want too many people coming in and you know maybe the wrong crowd joins and i don't want that to sort of ruin the culture and stuff um and so that's cool um i oh here we go so an incentive to join so i don't think i've ever called it an incentive i've always i think i've kept it a secret or maybe not um patrons have always gotten a discount on merch and it'll be that way for this next merch drop too um it's it's a pretty sizable discount because i charge my uh, merch at a premium especially because not only is it not a cheap shirt with just a screen printing there's a lot more effort that goes into it into picking the the high quality blank that i use the screen printing place that i use the colors that i pick the colors that i choose with the designer or the screen printer to make sure it's the right color like all that stuff this next piece of merch is going to be really really next level um so i'm really excited for it to come out uh, i have most of the pieces ready to be put put together because you know i get maybe a woven tag from one place I, I get the shirt from another place i have to schedule a meeting with the screen printer and then i go gotta go to an embroidery place to um uh, put the tag onto the you know merch item and then i gotta ship and package all those um shirts into like those pre-packaged bags it's a it's a whole lot but i'm excited to get um to get that ball rolling again uh, simply because I've been like trying to pick out which company I want to go and be uh, the blank, have the shirt blanks for. Um, oh, I guess now you know it's a shirt, and I I don't want to re-record this, so it's it's gonna be a shirt, and it's gonna be a really nice one. Um, and I'm just super pumped. I it's definitely gonna be the my best merch item I've ever dropped because I would hate if I ever um, went backwards with my merch. Um, so, so just sending the next next standard this shirt is going to be awesome 
Um, again, and patrons will be getting a discount uh, on the merch as they always have every year. And anything, anything else? No, no, I don't think so. Um, there, mm, nah, nah. I'll save that for next time. Thank you all for listening because um, I, I want to keep this under our episode. I think that story would take just a little bit too long. So I'm going to end it here. Thank you all for listening so much. And I will see everyone at the Monday Twitch stream at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Really, it's a fun time. You get to see me trade. You get to hang out, talk about your stocks. So come by. Say that you're from the podcast and uh, we'll have a good time. 9 a.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash Thank you.